Let's get weird. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ghoul Friend Hour. I'm your host, your ghost host, Morgan Feza. Um, and today we have both of our co-hosts with us and a kick-ass guest speaker. So uh, co-hosts, you want to you wanna chime in and introduce yourselves? Rachel, you go first. <laughs> I was the substitute ghost host or host ghost while you were away. <laughs> you just made my brain melt for a second. Taylor can be the ghost host. No, I want to be the slut potato. <laughs> All right, Taylor's the slut potato. <laughs> I'm, that's my new like trigger word now. It's just going to be the word I'm always going to talk about. It's a good one. It's a good one. And then we have, all right, so we have um, our our stand-in uh, host ghost, and then we have our slut potato, and then our fabulous guest speaker, mm-hmm, <laughs> Kelly. Mm-hmm. And uh, correct me if I say your last name wrong. Is it Liji? Liji. Liji. Okay, Ligi. so Kelly Liji. Pretend the D is not there. Lee. Okay. Yeah. Ligi. That's easier. I was like trying to put like a little like French twist on it. I don't know. I was like, Ligi. and it is, and it is, but uh, yeah, it's, it's actually a wonderful way to screen telemarketers. Like you, there you go. Phone, and I have gotten God knows how many jumbled versions of my name. And if they don't know me, then I just hang up. You're like, you didn't, you didn't pass the test. You didn't pass That's the secret common. code. You didn't say it without the D. <laughs> Can you pronounce my name? Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's pass the torch to you and have you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <clears throat> okay. I am obviously Kelly Legi, and I am an author. I grew up here in Delaware. Um, I was born in Laurel then moved to Seaford, Delaware when I was in my teens. And for a long time, I uh, lived in Baltimore outside the city. Um, I have had any number of jobs. I was a children's librarian. I was a preschool teacher. Um, Now I am selling books, (laughs) not just for myself, but at Browse About Books in Rehoboth. Uh, You can find me there. Um, I have a 21-year-old son, and I have two very, very needy macaws in my home that uh, Rufus and Finn, and uh, they like to have babies and use profanity, as we were discussing. <laughs> yes. Finn likes to call me a slut potato. I yes. don't know why, but she does. I'm all for it. And I embrace it. She's a good girl. He's inspired Taylor's new nickname. Yes. yes. We went yes. from clam jam and what is it? Uh, starfish. Jam, starfish to slut yep. potato. There we go. I mean, you know, I don't use the word slut. I'm not sure where she picked it up. Now, potato, I say, because I've never met a potato that I didn't like. It'd be better if you switched the two words around that you don't use potato often, but you use slut often. I think that would have been so much better. <laughs> but honestly, I like that quote. I've There's never been a potato that I didn't like. I need to get that on a t-shirt somewhere. Okay. I'm telling you, name a, name a way that you can cook potatoes and I'm into it. I, I feel, yeah, that's true though. Cause like, I don't think I've ever had a potato, like a bad potato, unless it was a little undercooked. But besides that. Oh, oh I can't deal with that. I no, gotta, it's the texture. I've got to overcook my potato. You want to hear something weird? Um, years ago, I worked at Bonanza, like the steak restaurant back when I was Ooh. like, you know, I don't know, 19, something like that. And at the end of the night, 
they would give away all the baked potatoes that were still cooked and kind of like in the heater waiting. And at that point they had been cooking or heated for so long that they got kind of like mealy and when they were so delicious. Oh, but that's the best kind. You know, oh, I was watching. Potato is my favorite kind. I, it's weird, but it's true. This Have you ever seen that hour. show? It was like, what? This is now the potato hour. <laughs> this is the potato hour. Um, I was going to say, have you ever seen that show? It was like my strange addiction. Oh my, my husband, I felt so. Over and over again. It's so good. And my husband definitely, like, I felt so attacked because, like, we're watching it. And it was the, pota- like, the cheesy potato episode. And anyone oh, that knows me, that my Aunt Michelle makes cheesy potatoes at, like, all of our barbecues. And she makes a whole extra tray just for me. Because she knows that I'm coming. She's like, she is the potato monster. So like, I'm watching this girl and they like, we're trying to get her to understand that her, like her habits so bad. So they pull up a dump truck and it's just potatoes. And they were like, ma'am, this is the amount of cheesy potatoes that you've eaten (laughs) in a year. And I was looking there. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. And Matt was like, Morgan, look at he's like, you are just as bad. Yeah. I'm like, I don't see a crime here. I was like, leave this woman alone. <laughs> yeah, that, that show had some bizarre episodes. I think that the the most hardcore one was the woman who was eating her fiance's ashes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. That one was a big one. It's I so morbid. Her, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I just, as a texture person, I don't know about y'all, but like, I love how texture yeah. is your problem in that situation. Not the fact that you're eating yeah. human. The texture is your problem, Morgan. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. That's a good point because that yeah, wasn't. It's just how they feel in my mouth. Right? I don't like that. If the texture was better, then maybe it's I'd not be that okay. it's my husband or anything. It's just it was the the ash, the ash that was doing it. Yeah. But I get what you're saying because undercooked potato is mm. like biting into it and having it sort of it. It's it's the worst thing in the world it's the yeah. worst thing in the world i get it i i can't yeah but i'm so happy that we're all on the the same um potato game that potato we're all game. about potato club for life slut potatoes oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so now that we have gotten the potato hour over let's deep dive into you kelly let's oh, talk God. about the oogie spooky and the spine chilling stories that you write so okay. starting with um maggie i have your babies now for those of our listeners that are not delaware local do you want to maybe tell them the folklore because i feel like it, it would probably hmm. being told from you is going to sound Okay. Better. When I was a teenager, which was back in the 80s, because yes, I'm that old. Um, the fun She's lying. Thing- She's lying. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, there was no internet. There were no cell phones. There was, I mean, did, have you been to Lower Delaware? There was nothing to do here. There's just, I mean, you know, unless you wanted to drive all the way to the beach. And if you were young, you usually weren't allowed to do that. Yeah. So if you're with your friends or say you're with a guy and you like, you want to do something fun to kind of get his interest, they'll say, oh, let's go out to Maggie's Bridge, which is basically, if you look at it, just like macadam over what looks like um, sort of a causeway, like the water just comes under it. It doesn't look like a bridge at all. I mean, it, it's just, you wouldn't even notice it if you were yeah. driving down that road. 
but over a hundred years ago, it looked very different. Um, it was a wooden bridge and there was much more water and it, you know, looked kind of different. And the story goes that this young woman named Maggie Bloxham was running away from home because she was unmarried and because she was pregnant. And back then, those things did not jive. You did not do that. You did not have a baby out of wedlock. You did not come to your parents with a big belly going, hey, look what I've got. It just it just didn't work. So she was going to run away with her boyfriend. Now, the night that they decided to leave, there was supposedly a very bad storm. And as she was crossing the bridge with her horse and buggy, uh, lightning struck in the woods. And there was a huge crack of thunder. And the horse got frightened and ran off the bridge and took the entire carriage with him. She was decapitated and they found her and the horse and the buggy in the water the next day. Just bleh. Now there are other variations to that story that, you know, some people say it took place in the sixties even, but it's, it, it's sort of a cautionary tale, I guess, but this woman did in fact exist and there is a cemetery somewhere in the woods in Woodland that has her family names. I was not able to find that cemetery so that I could place the year exactly, but it is a well-known thing in Woodland. And so what you do is you take your friends and you go out there at midnight and it works best on a full moon. It works absolutely best on a blue moon, which we just had this past August. But you take your friends out there at midnight and you stand on the four corners of the bridge and you call for her. It's it's actually really taunting her, which is kind of crappy if you think about it. You yell out, Maggie, I have your baby. Maggie, I have your baby. You do it three times. And if you're lucky, you can hear screaming. You can see lights in the woods. She can interfere with your car like it won't start. And if you're really, really lucky, you might actually see a full body apparition of her because she is both searching for her baby and her head. Ooh. So that's kind of the thing. And a couple of years ago, I was just kind of sitting around because it was COVID and that's what we were all doing. And I thought, okay, who was she? Like what, how old was she exactly? Who was the father of the baby? What were her parents like? Why did she run away? I, you know, I kind of wanted to know what her backstory was to kind of put a face on this spooky thing that we all did for fun. So that's, that's what I did. I, my protagonist in the present, Claire, is pretty much me, although her mother is also me. If you read it, you'll see her mother is a Gen Xer. So there's a lot of me in both of them, but I sort of wrote about her experience or my experience as if it was her experience. And then it kind of goes on from there. She spends the book trying to reach Maggie and sort of free her because this spirit has supposedly been trapped at this place for, you know, 150 years now, which is kind of a long time to be waiting around. So if you read it, you'll, I don't want to give too much away, but stuff happens and yeah. Oh, I love it. See, I knew that you would tell it so much better than probably we would tell it, but a little funny story for you. <clears throat> So I, I'm, I come from a very spiritual background. Um, my grandmother, uh, came from Europe. So she was very much, uh, superstitious. I was just, I was raised very spiritually and as a sensitive, I'm very, um, 
conscientious of respecting the spirit world and spirit. And so one night, if you live in my house, I have sweet grass over my doors. I, you know, I do the whole shebang. My husband knows the rules and how to be respectful, right? So he comes home. It's probably about, he gets off of his shift work. It was like three, four o'clock in the morning. And he, he like wakes me up and I'm like, oh gosh, what's wrong? He's like, hey, I gotta tell you something. I'm a little nervous. And I'm like, why? And he's like, so he's like, before you yell at me. And I already knew I was like, he, he did something he wasn't supposed to. So he's like, well, we were, we were, you know, responding to a call and it was by Maggie's bridge. And some of the other guys were like, you know what, let's just stop there and we'll, and we'll mess around. I looked at him. I'm like, you don't even need to finish what you're saying. I was like, I am going to put you through a wall. I'm like, did you mess around with like the spirits there? I'm like, you better have been respectful. He's like, I was respectful, but I'm scared because they were really disrespectful. And like, what if they, she includes me in that? And I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't feel bad for you. I said, if she comes for you in your sleep, good. I said, she deserves, like, she deserves to come after you. And I said, you deserved it. I said, so you didn't stop them. He's like, well, no, he's like, I kind of just, I stepped back and he's like, I knew better. He's like, because I knew that you would kill me. And I'm like, yeah, I said, well, have fun with that. I said, I hope Maggie visits you in your dreams. Like, I'm like, I've yeah. never been there, but I was like, you know better. Yeah. So you, that was my only experience. <laughs> I have seen lights. I have heard noises. It could have been a wild animal, but it might not have been. Um, the last time that I went there was last summer. And we just, you know, it was the height of summer and the it's beautiful out there if it's daytime, because the way the road is, when you are on the bridge itself, the road curves on at either end, just a little bit down the road. So it looks extremely isolated, even though there are houses not too far down on either side. This one little piece of road it just looks like it's cut off from everything. There's, you know, and it's super, super creepy at night, but it's beautiful in the daytime. So I wanted to take my boyfriend out there and show him, hey, this is, you know, where the book is from. And it wasn't even nighttime. We didn't call to her. We didn't do anything, but we got back in the car and we, you know, turned it on. It turned on. Everything was fine, but we went to pull away. And as we crossed back over the bridge again, because we the way you park, you can kind of cross over it. And then there's sort of a place off to the side where it's sort of safe to, to park your car and not be in the road. So we went down a little bit, turned around to come back. And as we crossed over the bridge again, the Bluetooth disconnected on the car and just filled the car with screaming static. I think he might've peed his pants a little, but we don't know why. And a little while down the road, it reconnected and everything was fine. But you know, it wasn't nighttime. We didn't mm. yell, but something still happened. And just so you know, I have not been disrespectful once I became an adult. <laughs> well, I feel like when I you're in your doing. teens, I was, I've been guilty of doing that myself yeah. as a teenager, you know, visiting a haunted place. I don't, I wasn't ever like disrespectful, <clears throat> but I think curious is the word yeah. More curious, we all were. but I feel like, you know, how boys are, boys are like, Oh, come try me ghosts. Oh, and it's me. like, why? Boys are grody. <laughs> I I don't know if you will, Morgan, you might know, but there's a place called the Profanity Houses uh, over in here in Jersey. And I stupidly decided to bring, I was going to say boyfriend, but now I have to say fiance, my fiance with my friends. Thank you. Um, and he thought it was a good idea to start like 
trying to mess around with like whatever was there and I was like when we go into this we we be respectful like we have to be respectful otherwise I'm gonna shit my pants if something bad happens and it's gonna be your <laughs> fault and what does he do starts kicking things around he's being disrespectful I'm like you're taking something home I'm not coming home with you because I'm not doing that no it's a bad idea Mm-mm. men can be not smart they really can no. <laughs> no. say that again shoo yeah, it's uh, I I I've always wanted to go to Maggie's Bridge because I've heard so much about it. I'm a New Jersey native myself, um, so I've heard so much about it, and that was kind of like the hot spot and all the the tales and stuff. It reminded me of a uh, Clinton Road. I don't know if you've ever heard of Clinton Road. I grew up mm-hmm. about thirty minutes, give or take, away from it, um, and it's pretty much a very very like it's scary it's a scary stretch of road that leads from new jersey to upstate new york that's how long it is um and when you're driving through it it's at nighttime i mean you have to have your high beams on and it's um maggie's bridge reminds me of the tale of dead man's curve so it seems very similar it's a very low kind of it's a little bit more of a bridge from what i've seen of pictures of maggie's bridge um but you flip a coin and there's a boy that apparently died and they'll flip something back so you know that's what that kind of reminded me of when i heard of it but i'm like every town's got their thing oh so we got comments coming in this is maggie's bridge oh that's it it does look very serene though it's I would not beautiful. want to be there at night. No, not at night. Mm-mm. I think we should add it to our um spooky Delaware tour that we want to do. Hop on the scenery. Come on over. Oh my gosh, we should do it. I'm only like, I don't know, five or six miles from. All right, so area. you'll give us the personal tour? Absolutely. Okay, I'm totally down for this. So down. Absolutely. So- so have you, um, I know you, you've written quite a few books and I think your newest was, um, it was 81 miles. Oh, 81 miles. The <laughs> 81 miles is the, um, stepchild of the books because I have written five books. Four of them are a series. 81 miles is a spicy romance that has absolutely nothing scary in it. Yeah, it's like a seven. It's seventies, right? Like set in the seventies. No, it's 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 the eighties. It's honestly, okay. honestly, it is the story of my first love and the story of a relationship I had with an older rock musician. Oh, so it's, there's a lot of true in that story. So Kelly, I want to be you when I grow up. I'm like, <laughs> I love, I love how much zest for life and spice you have. So yeah, that's that's what 81 miles is. It's kind of separate. The um the series of uh they're basically all Delaware ghost stories. There's Maggie, I have your baby, which is Maggie's Bridge. There's um That Devil Knows My Name, which is about the screaming woman of Lums Pond State Park, which is in Wilmington. Yes. Um, the third book is where the idolans sleep because that's also takes place in woodland which is the same place that uh maggie takes place woodland delaware i found out when i was researching maggie that there was a plague of smallpox in 1903 and about 30 people in woodland died from it and they didn't necessarily die from smallpox they a lot of them died from starvation 
because what the surrounding towns did when they found out that Woodland had smallpox was put guards on the roads so that no one could get in or out of the town. They just shut them off. And then they took all of the people who passed away and buried them in a mass grave and no one knows where it is. There's speculation as to where it might be. So that book is about the spirits of those people and Claire trying to find their mass grave so that they their spirits can be released. That's what that one's about. So you actually oh. also find out what happens to Maggie's uh, baby daddy in that one. It's years oh. down the road. And so you find out what happened to him after she passed away on the bridge. So it's sort of like a sequel, if you will. Um, and the fourth book is the one that just came out not too long ago. I don't know if this will work. Yes. No. Yes. Oh yeah, so I have so that's that's what I was thinking of um because I, I I had seen the eighty one miles and I was like there was a recent one and yeah. my mom brain just couldn't think of it but I'm like I've been seeing that everywhere um because I know I wanted to read that um the so tell us a little bit about that bird is about Molly Kehonk which is a supposed witch that lived in the woods of Millsboro and still does possibly. And, the, you know, parents would always warn their kids for years, don't go into those woods because Molly will get you. <laughs> and the story is she could change into a fox to lure children. And I wanted to figure out what happened in her life to make her become a witch because she didn't start out as a witch. It was something that she became intentionally and why. And, you know, how how that all happened and how she started snatching children and whatnot. And um, Maggie, okay. In the first book, it's kind of a spoiler, but Claire has a baby at the end of it. And she names the baby Maggie in honor of Maggie's Bridge for reasons that you'll have to read to find out. But in the next three books, Maggie, her daughter, kind of grows up and takes a larger part because Maggie is psychic and Maggie can communicate with animals and Maggie can see auras. So she kind of helps her mother deal with these spirits that she comes into contact with. So it's cool. In the early Fox, Maggie is kind of the one that goes out into the woods and challenges this woman. And when you read it, at least I hope when you read it, you kind of get to the point where you go, yeah, if I was that woman, I might do the same thing. You know, oh, I, this sounds good. So that's, I, you know, well, if we're going to talk about them all then, the second book, um, The Screaming Woman of Lum's Pond, is actually might be my favorite, but I really love Maggie. Um, Lum's Pond State Park is in Wilmington, and they have a very big lake there. And one morning, a uh, fisherman found a woman's dead body naked floating in the water. No name, have no idea who she is, only that she was a runaway, probably from Wilmington. They never identified who she was. So in my story, um, I have a family who is forced to move close to that area and they have two daughters and you kind of spend the entire book trying to figure out which one of these two daughters is the one that's going to end up in the lake because one of them does. Oh my goodness. Um, my uh, TBR list on my Kindle right now is absurd and I just keep adding to it because like I can't keep my paws off these delicious reads. So I am so excited. <laughs> Thanks. And there's a new one I'm working on right now about um, 
Cokesbury Church, which is a small church outside of Georgetown. It's actually another ghost story that I was personally involved in because the story is that there is a, the ghost of a woman walks up and down the highway there looking for her lost fiance because he left her at the altar. And so I'm trying to figure out why he would do that. You know, I've got um, the, the backstory with the girl herself and how they fall in love and, you know, what leads up to that sort of thing. And yeah, it's a, I don't want to give too much away, but that's what I'm working on right now. So that's called so, Till Death Do Us Part. And I'm hoping that that will be out in the not too distant future. I have to write it first though. So it might be a minute. I'm excited though. Like I love nothing more than a good witch story. I don't know about you guys, uh, Rachel Taylor, but like the bell, Witch, like that kind of stuff, like always intrigues me. So like, I really want to read, um, the newest book that you have out and that till death sounds so good. And I, I'm glad that you know about all these, it's really hard to find, um, some good ghost stories here in Delaware. Like there's a lot. And I know we had uh, gotten the Delaware like haunted history book, but I feel like you truly need to be a local to like know the local lore because there's still parts like of New Jersey where people are like, Oh, what are the ghost stories? I'm like, Oh, I could write you a scroll, you know, but I can't figure it out here in Delaware because I'm not from here. So I think it's really neat that you kind of have that insider scoop on all the really cool like hauntings and so how do like how does the research like when you're researching I mean what what resources do you use to really dig a lot of this stuff up is it archives yeah there are a lot of old newspapers um that's how I found out most of the information about the smallpox plague for the third book but for the most part when it comes to ghost stories there are a lot of books about Delaware ghosts that you can find some really good information about there are also some really knowledgeable people out there whose whole world is centered around ghosts. Like Mindy Burgoyne is a friend of mine. Uh, she runs the Chesapeake Ghosts, which is like haunted walking tours through all these different towns. She has a wealth of information. So I try to gather as many facts as there are out there and they are canon. Like I don't change any facts that are... Um, you know, I've lost the ability to speak. Um, I go by the legend as I know it, and then I just add to it. Cool, basically. cool. So one of my burning questions is, obviously as a sensitive, um, I tend to notice, and I've always been a firm believer in this, the more that you talk about something or kind of like entertain something, um, weird stuff sometimes will happen, you know, whether you're... <clears throat> For instance, with the podcast, um, we've had multiple weird incidences, um, and I actually had a weird incident right before we got on where my computer kept turning, my Zoom kept recording me, and I kept shutting it off. And I mean, it got a really grotesque video of me just chowing down on a bowl of rice, but I was <laughs> like, um, can we not? I'm like, sir, ma'am, whoever you are, like, let's not do this. So my question to you is... When you're writing these books and you're kind of digging up this history, do you feel like you're experiencing any kind of um, weird phenomena? Well, not not any more than normal. Um, I never saw spirits. I never felt I, I've always been empathic. I mean, I've always like uh, felt the emotions of people around me, but I never really experienced anything paranormal 
until 2002 when my son was born. Okay. And he was about mm, 18 months old. And we were at a lady's house where it, the coolest woman in the world. And she had this beautiful sort of loft style, like a, like a chalet cabin sort of a thing with a really high ceiling in the front room and a balcony and the stairs kind of came down the side. And my son's name is Caden and he's probably I watching. Hi, honey. And <laughs> hi, Caden. <laughs> we're sitting there on the couch and he was really verbal from a very young age. So he looked at me and he says, mommy, I said, yeah. He said, who's that man? I said, what man? And he goes, the man on the stairs. And I was like, you see a man on the stairs? <laughs> okay. Um, and the next day, so did I. I actually saw him in the backyard. So like a full body, full dude that was there. I looked at him, then I looked away and looked back. He was gone. And this was like a private fenced-in backyard. So I was like, okay. Um, it was the woman who owned the home. It was her husband who had passed away. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, so my kid knows something. My kid might have something there. And it's funny because her dog had also passed away and he was everywhere in the house. Everyone got flashes of him, like out of the corner of their eyes running around. It was lovely. But um, about a year or two later, I took him in a uh, new age store in Baltimore. And we walked inside and we're shopping around and the proprietor at the desk, this lovely woman, she looked at me and she goes, has anybody told you about him? And I was like, him, the little one running all around? Yeah. Does he ever see things that aren't there? I'm like, yeah. Does he ever know things he shouldn't know? Yeah. So evidently, like his aura was just purple as all get out. And so I think that giving birth to him kind of gave me something because sometimes I see things here and there. I haven't experienced anything negative while uh, writing the books. And I don't know if that's because, you know, my mother and grandfather are here watching over and making sure that nobody bothers me. I don't know, but I hope that's the case. I would like to have them around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's creepy. It can be creepy, but I get so enmeshed in their lives and imagining them so clearly but it's all done like very respectfully I only just want people to remember that these people existed and that these stories were true in fact and did happen maybe not exactly the way I said but like uh Maggie Bluxham was a real person Molly Kehonk was a real person uh the woman at Lums Pond was a real person and they all passed away and their spirits are all restless even to this day and they should be respected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're giving them a voice. I, I hope so. Yeah. And I'm sure that I'm sure that they appreciate that. Um, but I think it's really, really neat that your your son is gifted. Um I I have such a deep respect um as being a gifted child myself for people who are gifted and um taylor has had her fair share of experiences with me um Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not an easy life but it's definitely a rewarding and beautiful life um you know so 
I'm super happy for him. And if he ever needs, you know, a friend or somebody to talk to, um, you know, be sure to send him my way if there's any way that I can kind of help there. Um, Because I I do remember what that was kind of like growing up, you know, there was a little bit of isolation, a little bit of confusion, not really knowing how to, hey, how do I explain this to like people that I love that I know things and I see things that they can and, you know, so, but it's beautiful. And I'm sure that you have some degree of it because it is very, very much generational. Um, You know, I've been taught that, you know, my grandmother, they used to joke that she had eyes in the back of her head, you know, it, it is passed down from our ancestors. It's passed down in our line. Um, so I think that's a really beautiful thing that you have this amazing gift running in your family line. And then, you know, you get to write these beautiful books about these hauntings, but then also, like I said, giving a voice to these people. So big kudos. Thank you. It's yeah, so, so much fun. Yeah. And I'm, I love that you write them because then we get to enjoy them. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't, I think if no one read another word that I wrote, I would probably still write them. Cause it's just, it's so rewarding. It's so much fun. I can't imagine. Do you, so what was your feelings like when you wrote your very first book? Was that like surreal for you? Yes, it was absolutely the wildest thing ever that I made an actual book and that people were reading it. I, you know, it was, I was so shy at first. I'm like, okay, yeah, here I, I did this, <laughs> but um, it, I, it was interesting because I have been a reader my entire life. I read books like people drink water. So the fact that I have like crossed over to the other side and am now writing the books is bizarre every day. It's bizarre every single day. But I love it. And I just want to keep doing this. And could I please stay home and just write and not have to work? That would be awesome. <laughs> it, it is a dream, like right? Work. It feels like a good time. Yes. Yes. Um, I I love that. I love that. Um, and so I'm sure it's also surreal to be like have author behind your name. Be like, hey, like like we were talking about before we hopped on. Um uh, Rachel and Taylor, you guys weren't on yet, but we were chatting, you know, about um, being a browse about and kind of being like, you know, if somebody asks about a particular book that um, Kelly has written, she can be like, hey, I, I made this, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm the author, okay. you know, and I'm like, that's gotta be such a kick-ass feeling. It being like, so I wrote this. Fun. The, the other night, this, I was up at the front counter and this lady came in and every uh, right now is uh, now that it's off season, we're at like half staff. There's not as many people. We're still busy, but it's not like it is in the summertime. So I was up front by myself and everyone else was doing projects in the store. And this lady came in and just like waved at me and headed straight to the back. And I was like, OK, so not 30 seconds later, she walks up and puts down in front of me my second book my third book and my fourth book. And I was like, I have a confession to make. And she's like, oh yeah. I said, I wrote these. And she's like, oh, you're Kelly. Evidently she had come in the night before, bought Maggie, stayed up and read it all the way through and was about to go and go back to Florida and wanted to come in and get the rest in the series before she left. Did you sign them? 
I did. I well, they're already signed. It browse about. They're already like um, autographed because all the local authors they have a local author section. They're they're all autographed, but I personalized them all for her. Oh, it was such a gas. My uh, the shift manager came back up to the front, and I said, Daniel, I am so full of myself right now. <laughs> you don't even want to stand up here with me. I am feeling good. It was I so love nice. that. I loved it. Yeah. Well, with how much work you put into it and like, it really is blood, sweat and tears and that's your heart and soul, you know, so you should be proud of it. And you, you you absolutely have a thousand percent bragging rights. So, you know, that's weird, but thank you. I definitely, um, I'm going to be, even though I, I'm a Kindle person, I, um, love having a hard copy book that's signed and personalized. So I will definitely be stopping in not only just to meet you in person, cause I just want to meet you, um, and be able to give you a big old squeeze in person. But, um, you know, I'm definitely going to get a book signed by you personalized so I can add it to my wonderful, um, partially like debilitated shelf here because it's got too many books on it <laughs> you know if you can't if you can't come in you can get autographed copies on my website oh okay them from there if you don't want to go to like barnes and nobles online or amazon or you know if you're far away from browse about they are available there as well okay so that that what? girls we have a mission <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so let's get into some spooky stuff let's talk about I mean that was very spooky but let's talk I want to get your opinion on um you know what are some of like your favorite probably like favorite spots in Delaware that you've have you have you been to a lot of haunted spots besides the ones that you've written about like have you ever just kind of um like me and Rachel are trying to plan like a little uh Delaware like tour where we go to a bunch of haunted spots like have you done that yet and do you have a favorite spot hmm I have not I've actually not done too much um I've been to the places that I wrote about Okay. Uh, which is probably why I wrote about them. <laughs> but um, I also, uh, there are some spots that I like in Maryland in Ocean City that I've okay. been to. Um, I did the ghost walk in Ocean City and that was really fun. A couple um, Halloweens ago, might be two or three now, I did a walking ghost tour in Milton. Oh. Was it Milton? Where does my sister live? <laughs> I think it's Milton. It's one of those M cities. It's not Milford. It might be Milford. Milford or Milton. It's one of those. Okay, they're not too far apart, so it's totally fine. It's it's one or the it's other. All these M's. Um, and I do, you know, there are supposedly like swamp creatures and ghosts in the marsh, right before you get to Broadkill Beach, and that place, that road is absolutely terrifying at night. Absolutely. I thought she was going to say Abbott's. Where did we go, Rachel, for our photo shoot? Abbott's Mill. Oh, I know Abbott's Mill. I thought, yeah, okay. I was like, I always mix it up with, uh, I was like, I think it's Abbott's something, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to name my swamp. I was like, I'm sorry, oh. I'm sorry, I'm not, but I've been there. <laughs> no, Broadkill Beach <laughs> is just a, a little treasure here in Delaware. It's, it's on the bay. It's like above the lip of Lewis. Okay. So, the beaches there are pretty private. It's mostly just the people who live there and smart people who want to avoid like the crush of all the busyness. 
but to get to it, you have to cross through the marsh. And there's this, this long, narrow road. There's nothing but marsh on either side. And it's fine in the daytime, but at night, it is absolutely terrifying. So there may end mm -hmm. up being a book about that at some point. I don't know. I actually had a, an interesting thought for the next book, not the one that I'm writing now, but the one to come after. I was thinking of trying something a little different and doing sort of a, a young adult novel uh, from simply Maggie's point of view. Oh, um, she'll be, you know, kind of young. And I thought that I might um, deal with the Delaware cryptid. Do you know what the Delaware cryptid is? I don't, but I want to know. Because <laughs> you have <laughs> to tell us. Very cool. But the Delaware cryptid, although it's mostly in Massachusetts, um, shares a uh, cryptid with Delaware, the Pukwudgie. Oh, the Pukwudgie. I just, I talked about that on my TikTok. That's a lot of Massachusetts. Yes, but evidently also Delaware. What? So I was thinking, <laughs> what if Maggie comes into contact with the Pukwudgie? You know, maybe set it at like a summer camp in the woods in Delaware and see what happens. We'll Kelly, see. take I'm, my money. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> But it's possible because cryptids are very, very popular right now. Well, you can't play with my emotions like this. You can't I'm think sorry, about I'm it sorry. now. I've you... already bought, I've already bought like the books to do the research and stuff and the official notebook that I write everything in. So it's probably going to happen. <laughs> I have been ever since I learned. So uh, Sam Baltrusis, um, I don't know if you've heard of him. He is, uh, he's an author, um, a psychic medium, and he has been on a lot of travel channels. He's related to Lizzie Borden. Oh, cool. um, he was the one that introduced me to the Pukwudgie. And I um, was so fascinated. One, just because I was like, I love saying the word. I'm like, it's yeah, such a, it's a, great word. It's a fun word. <laughs> um, but I found out that um, they also are tied to the uh, Algonquin natives. So my bloodline is French Canadian on my dad's side and we're Algonquin. So I started to kind of deep dive into it because I just thought it was really neat. Um, so I would a hundred percent like, I'm going to buy it before it's even written. Okay. I'm going to just, okay. you take my money. And then as soon as it comes out, um, cause that, that sounds like a really, really good story. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. I'm actually part Nanakoke. Oh, awesome. Okay. Can you That's tell really neat. From my I was going to say you have the dark features. I yeah, love the, it. I, the Irish really wins in my hey, life. Hey. The Irish really wins. <laughs> Irish is a tough gene, man. When you got those the, the Irish blood in you, mm -hmm. there's no chance of a tan. I come I come from a family of redheads. I tell you, we just we just walk outside and burst into flames. It's terrible. Is that your natural hair color? Yes, actually, it's it's starting to go gray under there. But I feel like you're gonna absolutely rock it as a gray. I love I hope gray. So. Every time I go out in the sunshine, I see like the little silver hairs, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty. So, <laughs> I love it. See, I just got tired of messing with it. And I just decided to embrace the natural curl instead of fighting it. So so that's your natural curl too? Yep. Man, the universe is just loving on Kelly. I'm like, <laughs> like, dang. But yeah, like I, I love that you have all these ideas. So as far as um, kind of the ones we just talked about, but if is there one specific like book that you have not wrote yet 
But you absolutely, it's like a bucket list item, something that you want to write about, either an event in haunted history, a place, uh, you know, has there, have you thought about that? Um, Do you have kind of like a book bucket list of things that you want to write? I think that the next one in the series, um, that's not uh, Maggie and the Puckwudgie. That's going to be like a, a sort of an offshoot, if you will, for a younger, uh, a younger uh, level reader. There are a lot of shipwrecks that have happened um, on the coast nearby and buried treasure and spirits haunting the beaches. And I think that that's been kind of rolling around in my head for a bit. And I want to try that. Okay. And I'm always looking, you know, and I'm always looking and I have um, a massive collection of uh, books about Delaware ghosts and Maryland ghosts and DC ghosts. And you know what I mean? In case I run out of Delaware, I could always stretch it out just a little bit and, you know, yep. say Marva, baby. The Eastern shore and just pick the, you know, ghost stories from Maryland that are, in, you know, Salisbury or places that are kind of on our little peninsula, if you will. Yeah. So many. And I do have a criteria for the stories that I pick. Um, I, if I'm pers- been personally involved with the story, then obviously, yeah, I'm going to want to do that one because I can use my own experience. But I like the stories that aren't incredibly well-known, like the story of the ghosts at the Patty Cannon property. That Everybody knows that. Yeah. You know, and there's the story of Fiddler's Bridge. Everybody knows that. Well, you know, there, I want something that's not as popular, that has a lot more room to build a world around. So that's the kind of thing that I look for. The, the parts in the books that only have a blurb and not a chapter, because I want okay. to write the chapter, you know, and make it big. So have you, um, like many writers, do you feel like you hit uh, writer's block at all, like often? Oh, I have. I have. Although my boyfriend makes fun of me because he enjoys writing too. He's a writer as well. And he doesn't write as fast as I do. I have been teased about my writing speed because I did the first draft of Maggie in three months. Oh, wow. I did the book 81 Miles last November for NaNoWriMo did the whole, the whole thing in just the month. So I will, you know, he will sleep until noon on a Saturday and he'll get up and say, what have you been doing? I'm like, I wrote 10 pages, you know, and I think that I haven't done enough. And he's like, honey, it, it's, it's good. That's not a normal speed. So <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I do, I do write them kind of fast, but, um, most of the books were written before I went back to working full time. I was literally at home. I was able to write all day long without interruption. And it just, you, you if you kind of get into a groove, like a writing, you know, mindset, then it'll come easier. Now that I'm working full time at the bookstore, my days off, they often have to involve grocery shopping and errands and all kinds of stuff. So I have much less time to sit down and write. So if on my day off, like today, I wrote five pages. That's, you know, that doesn't seem like a lot for me, but for a 300 page book, that's not bad. That's not, that's not a bad thing, but I have been, yeah, if I get 
like right now I could have finished a chapter today, but I'm not exactly sure how I wanted it to end. I don't know where I want to go in the next chapter. So I have to wait until I've kind of figured out, well, what's going to happen here? You know, how am I going to get from here to here? I have to figure out the right steps to get there. So I'm just going to let it sit for a couple of days and see what happens. And I do all of my books, except for 81 Miles, because that's the <laughs> that's the odd one out. I do all of them in a dual timeline. So you get mm -hmm. the past in like chapter one, then you get the present in chapter two, then the past in chapter three, and it goes back and forth. And so I have to keep both uh, timelines running concurrently uh, properly so that they can meet at the end because oh, they usually come tough. together in the climax, the past and the present sort of uh, meet, if you will. And so I kind of have to logistically figure out where is everybody in the arc of their story? Because like in um, the Idolan book, I had several different arcs going because I was in, uh, I write in the first person, everybody's in their own head. Uh, Claire had her POV. We had Maggie's POV. We had Elias's POV. We had um, someone named Albert, his POV. So at any point, there are two different timelines and four different narrators. And I have to figure out, like, make sure that everybody's story personally was progressing along. So I can get stuck. Yeah. And I have wow. to sit down and kind of write it out and, and figure out what in the world I'm doing. So just like listening to you describe that, I'm like, wow. Like it's that's like a race that you want everybody to hit the finish line at the same time. So you have to kind of keep everybody in line with everybody else. That's crazy. And, I and mean, that that's such a crazy. neat, yeah, that's a neat way to write. And it's so, but also like it, it just seems like overwhelming. Like I'm like, you know, I, Rachel and Taylor, please feel free to chime in. But um, are you familiar with SpongeBob? Okay, so so mm -hmm. if I bring up the um the essay episode, I think we can yes. all uh well the three of us can agree that when it comes to writing, we're probably the essay episode of SpongeBob where he does all that crazy yes. penmanship and then it just says the. Yep. Oh, okay. I yeah he he goes nuts and you're like oh he's finally writing it he's finally writing it and then he looks down and it's just a really fancy it says the but it's just yep. doodled and really fancy looking I give writers such kudos because writing is really hard I like can't do it. and to be able to take all those different POVs and those um timelines and be able to kind of streamline them to fit all together by the end my brain hurts just <laughs> even trying to think of how you out. make that work. So that's awesome. But it's like, it's a fun puzzle, you know, to try to figure out. And the best part is, is I make the rules. So true. You know what I mean? Um, my biggest challenge is keeping the dates straight. Because yeah. if you go in any of my books and you look up any day in the past, and if I say that there was a full moon or I say that it was a Thursday, it was. That's it literally was. I fact checked the whole thing. Like, what day was Thanksgiving in 1868? You know, what day, uh, like, was it the 21st, the 23rd? You know, and all of those are correct. And that that can get tricky. I usually, um, every chapter, I will write down, like, I have a list of the chapter number, 
the POV that we're in, what day it is so that I can keep chronologically correct. That's smart though. Jump ahead in one story or it's, yeah, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So I have to ask you too, everybody I feel like has their like niche when it comes to like spooky things. So some people, you know, they love witches or some people love cryptids or so what is your favorite spooky, I I don't know, category, genre? I don't know really what to call it. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I'm a slasher girl for sure. Straight up slashers. But I also am a fan of ghost stories okay. and found footage. I love, I know some Ooh. of it can be cheesy, but I still love it. No, the cheesier I mean, I the was, better. I was part of the whole Blair Witch Project thing when it first happened and it was wild. Okay. What? It was wild. You know, people thought it was real. We actually thought it was real. You you just don't know if you weren't there. It was amazing the way that they did that. But, uh, hmm. Yeah, see... Do you like Hell House? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I just I just finished watching uh The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, oh that was good. About that. It was I haven't so watched good. it yet. It was so good. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking about watching it again. I, I haven't decided yet if I like it as well or better than The Haunting of Hill House, because that is just I mean See, I could agree with you. The only thing that I think makes the house of uh the with the haunting of hill house stand out is did you ever hear that in that show they actually created an easter egg in that show and each episode has a set amount of ghosts and they just hide in plain sight and you can count them I that it. i think is what makes me love that love it, so I love much it. i love it i love it so much i think i've watched that series like five times oh, my family <laughs> watches it like whenever we were like you want to watch it again we're like of course yeah absolutely so <laughs> i have to watch the fall of the house of usher again to try to you know see how I feel about it because I love mm. Edgar Allan Poe I actually uh. have an Edgar Allan Poe head right next to me right now oh uh, I like it he's got ivy growing out of his head it was it uh Michael's Michael's oh. this year for Halloween so awesome but I thought it was like maybe like a chia pet I was like oh they have- no, it's just <laughs> ivy he's got ivy growing out of his head and like it's my 90s kid coming out you know I got I got a little like Michael Myers okay. bobblehead oh where did you get that uh Spirit it was a Halloween. spear, right? I think I saw that when I went there. God how knows how much that? money I gave them this year. Okay, we're not even going to talk about it. Uh, Morgan, they had a Sam one too. What? Yeah, I got I I got um, that one, and I got uh, Reagan upside down crawling down the stairs. Yes, that's next to my bed. Taylor, I feel betrayed. Why didn't well, you tell me this? I didn't think you cared. They were like these cute little figurines. I have to look next time it comes out. They're super awesome. I gave them so much money this year, but that's where I get half my wardrobe. So I can't blame I have, you there, though, because they do have, have some really good shirts like, and stuff. Horror movie stuff. I collect typewriters. It's bad. Wasn't Rachel, wasn't Zach uh, David Pumpkins? Oh my God. A couple years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They they do I honestly I would wear that tuxedo like to work to like a business meeting. <laughs> I just Morgan. yeah, so I can't blame you on Spirit of Halloween because they do you would wear that... the same costume on a daily basis if you could. Listen, you're talking to the girl that was Dorothy for like five years straight. Like I tried <laughs> to go to my aunt's prom. That was my fancy wear. 
Like I have pictures in it. Like I was like three and then I was four and then I was five and I was still wearing the Dorothy costume. I was going to like graduation Dorothy costume. That was my fancy wear. So I have a complaint. Okay. When I was six, my entire family dressed up like the Wizard of Oz. I was Dorothy. My cousin was Glinda. My mom was the scarecrow. My aunt was the tin man. My uncle was the mayor, I think. And we had my cousin's poodle as Toto. And my sister, who was about five months old, was a munchkin. They put a wig on her and had her all dressed up and everything. But I had to wear just some stupid dress with fake shoes with glitter glued on them because back (laughs) in 1978, they did not have the fantastic Dorothy outfits that they have now. Yeah, they so definitely unfair. got an upgrade. DIY. So unfair. I was just I, this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were because you had those fly, uh, the, the rhinestone shoes. Yeah, I got Dorothy boots. Oh, well, Dorothy I'm going to. I'm going to quickly show you guys here. Um, let me see if I can, I can pull this little gem up. Cause this, my husband thinks it's the funniest, uh, Halloween costume. Cause I was very upset about it. My grandmother, uh, raised me and she put her blood, sweat and tears into making my costumes. And I was a little bit ungrateful. Um, but I wanted to be Rapunzel and I begged for it and, she um we had this store called the rag shop and she i told her i said the one thing that mattered to me was i needed 12 feet of like long flowing hair that was the only request i was like grammy you have one job i don't even care if you put me in a potato sack i'm like but the wig needs to be on point was this what you were telling me that last podcast with the yarn probably probably because this haunts my life it haunts my life because i'm like I love my grandma, but I'm like, man, what happened? Proof of it so, <gasps> oh, oh no, my my hat didn't even sit on my head. <laughs> my hat like, didn't even sit on my head. Okay, you it look was... like if Annie from like the movie Annie yes. dyed her hair blonde <laughs> and then yeah. tried to dress up as Rapunzel. Yeah, well, when my when my grandmother pulled pulled the wig out of the bag, I was like, what? Excuse <laughs> me, I was like, what is this? <laughs> and she was like listen they don't sell 12 feet wigs of like long flowing blonde hair and i was like this is unfit grandmother <laughs> i was like this is unfit for my rapunzel costume i had one request <laughs> and eventually i got over it because you know i was getting milky ways and reese's and she bribed me with some candy and some coins i'm sure but <laughs> The fact that my little my little cone hat really couldn't even it was kind of just falling off of my afro. I was like, come <laughs> on, man. I was like the disco version of Rapunzel. I was like the great value brand. I was like, what is like happening? The, the different versions of Barbie, but this was Rapunzel. Yeah, this was well, you know how they have a they have Barbie and then they have like weird Barbie? You were you were weird Rapunzel. Yeah, I was weird Rapunzel. <laughs> yeah. So so now that we're talking about this, Kelly, did you ever have, besides the Dorothy costume, did you ever have a costume that went severely wrong? And this goes for all of us. Did we ever have a costume that just, you thought in, in your head it looked good, but then when you put it together, you were like, oh boy. I I wish I knew how to pull up the picture because I know it's somewhere in my computer, but I would not have the tech to be able to do that right now. But there's a picture from, I think, 
like 1983 or something. And I'm standing with my sister on the lawn and my sister is wearing a witch outfit and she looks precious. She's like three years old, all cute. You know, her little red hair coming out because she was like a real redhead and she still has her red hair, which is very unfair. And I didn't get to keep mine, but that's, that's another story for another time. I am standing next to her and I am a good two and a half feet taller than her and about this wide. Like, I look like I need worming. I'm skinny as a rail. <laughs> and I have on head to toe, blue and white striped, like leggy pajamas. Okay. So I look like I just, just got, got out of jail or something. I was like, going to say, were you a prisoner? It, it gets worse. It gets, it gets worse. And then I have a giant pleated skirt like this, where I have one arm out and one arm in. So it's like this weird half-assed cape. And then it keeps going. My hair is teased and sprayed into a Corona all the way around my head. Okay. <laughs> We're not done. Do, do any of you watch Sven Do you know what I mean when I say Sven He's a, like a late night horror movie host. And no, he has but I'm going to check into that. Sounds familiar. You should. I, I had this white face with tinges of green and then these big dark circles all around my eyes and mouth. What the hell was I supposed to be? <laughs> I gotta show you. I gotta show you guys this. This is pretty funny. I looked up Sven Gulli so we can we can all uh share in this together. I have figured out who I was, and I will tell you that in a moment. But if you want to show the picture, I actually ended so, up on um uh like a Gen X group. That yeah, there you go. So, so this is Sven Gulli for those of you that are not familiar. Um, and I just want you to know, Kelly, this is, I might pee my pants. This is hysterical. Iconic. Okay. Here's what I want you to look up. Okay. I want you to look up HR Puff and Stuff, Witchy Poo. <laughs> oh no. This is oh, who I think I was trying to be. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh that my is God. the scariest witch I have ever seen. <laughs> and I did oh, let's not get it. We got to get off. a close up. I did oh not God. pull it off. My gosh. Oh, look at the eyebrows. That would give me nightmares. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? You may have just inspired me for my costume next year. I'm going to terrorize <laughs> my neighborhood. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. I feel like if, see... I, if Bosley loses enough hair, I can recreate those eyebrows. <laughs> if you want to see a really weird show, just look up Sid and Marty Croft because back in the seventies, these shows were on Saturday morning and we all like all us Gen Xers watched them as kids. And I'm pretty sure that these men were on LSD the entire time they made this series. I was going to say, when Any I saw this little series, picture, they are looks, out the there. Picture looks like it's LSD. And I worship them. I literally oh. have most of them on DVD right now. I remember this. I watched yeah. this. They did remake um, a couple of the shows like in the last 20 years but these original ones were like somebody's bad dream Ooh. yeah this them. oh wait is that the mcdonald's guy i was like that's why i know him Ooh. the hamburger face oh, yeah gosh. no you the hr puff and stuff is the one next to the the burger dude this land of the lost yes that, that <laughs> land of the lost is a good one and i honestly think um will ferrell the newer one love that one 
even though, because I do, I always love the classic. I love the original. I will say the scene where Will Ferrell breaks into the uh, Cher song when he's singing into the stone. <laughs> oh, man. If Have you seen the new one, Kelly? Unfortunately, yes. It's I pretty bad. It. It's pretty bad. But there was I a, a solid just it. couple of moments there that made me laugh. It, yeah, the one moment around the campfire where he sings the actual theme song from the original show was the only highlight of the movie for me. <laughs> Although I love me a good slee stack. You know, I have all the slee stack Funko Pops. It's it's terrible. I love <laughs> that show. So do you have, do you have a lot of horror, 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 horror Funko Pops? <laughs> I've tried to combine the two words I there. It was not working. I have so many. Actually, right now, most of them are in my Blasphemous Nativity. I make a nativity scene out of Funko Pops every year. I love that. Um, Last year, like the three wise men were all different versions of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> oh, I saw your pictures for this. So that was you. Yeah. I was like, I knew I had That's seen me. this the other That's day. Me. That well, was amazing. The last like four years, Baby Jesus has been played by Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm, <laughs> like reclining in Jurassic Park because that I love it. Absolutely hilarious. Yes, I have. I have all the Funko Pops. I probably, Kelly, you're a trendsetter because you're going to have us like doing like pop Funko nativity scenes. <laughs> totally should. I have like five or six different Michael Myers Funko Pops and all the different it Funko Pops like Pennywise and oh yeah, there's slashers everywhere. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to have a ghost face moment. What's your favorite scary movie? Halloween. The original. Oh, yes. Halloween. The original. It's my favorite movie. It's not just my favorite scary movie. It is my favorite movie you'd that's be best friends with pick. my mom my but mom makes us watch it as soon as like there's a, a leaf that falls from the tree it's on <laughs> second well, I, actually I, I start decorating for halloween in the middle of august oh there yeah we, i do too it all, i think there's no other way stuff no. never gets put away it's just a few things come out like all of mm, our plastic slowly. skeletons the 12 foot skeleton in the front yard he's still out there he's getting ready to get his christmas hat and his christmas bow and his christmas yeah. lights yeah <laughs> rachel rachel be- had one of those once upon a time yeah. what happened to it, it Why are you making- what a really really bad windstorm and he hit real hard oh gosh, and I'm sorry. we tried to save him a couple times and he was just broken and cracked and oh, and she so had one sorry. of the cool ones too she had the the really the big it was the pumpkin scarecrowy oh i love him yeah this was the year that i finally had the opportunity to buy one i like i'm in the i was in the 12 foot skeleton group on facebook and they were like hey i think it was july or august or something and they're like hey they're gonna go on sale tomorrow morning and i thought well i get up at 6 a.m every day because i have birds I'm going to go online and see. And lo and behold, there it was. So that was my entire Halloween budget or so I thought at the time until spirit <laughs> opened and then it all went to hell. Of course. But, uh, yeah, he is. There's out- no budget in Halloween, <laughs> Kelly. Come on. I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> it's so funny. In our attic, I have eight large tubs of Halloween decorations and one Christmas tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think I see what we like in this family. I think it's obvious. That we're, <laughs> so we're so is people. Jason a Halloween? I'm assuming he's a Halloween guy. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Yes. We love that. That is fantastic. Movies every day. It's spectacular. Oh, that's a staple in my house. I feel like my family's weird because 
other families like like my fiance's family they love hallmark movies and like sweet romance comedy movies no my family we're true crime murder and horror all the way that's how we bond yeah oh yeah that's actually um i met him on a, a dating app and he swiped on me because i was wearing a pennywise t-shirt so it's, yes you know. i love that so shout out to Jason for having like really good taste because <laughs> Kelly is not only a rock star, but she's a scream queen. So Jason, Ooh, shout out to you. Good pick. Good pick, that. my friend. Good swipe. <laughs> I would love to get murdered in a movie. That would be so much fun. Oh, so you don't want to be a final girl? I can see you as a final girl. I feel like you'd be like a badass. <laughs> can I do both? I'll just be in, you know, I'll, I'll, okay. You'd be a I'll final be ghost? Final girl in one, and then I'll <laughs> get killed in the first scene of the sequel. Or you could be like that ghost, you know, you ever see the movies where the ghost, like one of the friends dies and they come back as a ghost and end up being the one to save them. You could be like a badass final ghost. That would work. There that you go. Work. Or you could be like the stoners that you think they died and then they end up coming back in the end. True. Very Those good. are always the best ones. Yeah, because you you just you don't know what happened <laughs> to them and then they just kind of wander in. And you're like, oh my god, I thought you were buddy. dead. <laughs> I would. I've never been in a horror movie. I would love that. I feel like you need to be in a horror movie. I don't really know how to. I don't. I I don't really know how you get into that, but like, I feel like I if you know an outlet, you got to do it. I did do like extras work, so I was. Did in you really? Like, yeah, I was in like three movies, but none of them were horror, so oh. that was kind of a bummer. So, how did you become an extra? Tell us about that. Um, That's pretty cool. I uh, actually heard it on the radio that they were uh, casting for extras for the replacements, the football movie. Yeah. 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 And so we went Keanu Reeves. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I went in and auditioned for that and um, got cast. And I was actually in massage school at the time because I'm a massage therapist when I'm not. Well, I was. I took a break from that to do all this righty stuff. Kelly, what what don't you do? (laughs) Math. Math. Yeah. Yeah. We don't do that here either. That if anyone brings up math on this podcast, straight to jail. I don't do Mm -hmm. math. Um, Not Pasco. So yeah, I did, I did, I would go to massage school during the day and then I was on the set at night, which is neat. You can actually see me in that movie. You can't really see okay. me in the other two. I did uh, Ladder 49, the oh, cool. Firehouse movie with Joaquin Phoenix and John Travolta. Let's be honest. I was in that movie because I wanted to look at John Travolta. I was going to say that. <laughs> and I did, and it was magnificent. Is he as beautiful did, in person? Uh, then I did Triple X State of the Union, not a porn that's that's vin diesel right no no it was ice ice cube yeah was it really it wasn't that one mm-hmm. is there an, is there multiples of that i think so yeah okay maybe i'm thinking of the vin diesel one because i was like i definitely know the one i saw was vin diesel ice cubes seriously you you won't see me in anything but uh the replacements and i'm gonna you- look for you now okay okay <laughs> then go to there are four football games in the movie Okay, I'm writing this down. Okay, the first three are in the daytime. The okay. last one is at night. Okay, that's the only one you need to worry about. The last one. The last one. Night. Yes. Skip the whole movie right to that part. There are you can seriously just scoop right to the end. We own it, so this is perfect because it's my husband's fa- one of his favorite movies. So I'm that's why I was like, I don't, I got to see you in it. Oh, so are you familiar with the movie? Pretty, pretty decently. My husband okay. probably more so than I. Okay, the Welsh kicker, the guy that they uh, 
brought in to do the kicking. I don't understand football. Okay. Um, <laughs> he owes money to these guys. Is it the blonde guy that was yes. in Little Nicky? They come to the game and he sees them in the stands. Yeah. I'm sitting in front of them. Okay. So you're Can't sitting in front of the mobsters. I look younger <laughs> than I do now because it was a long time ago. Got it, like 25 years. Oh, geez. This is going to be the most exciting homework I ever assigned to my husband. So I'm going to be like, listen, we're sitting here and we are. We're going to watch it until we see Kelly and we got to get a snapshot. Yeah, but you know damn well Matt's going to have more fun than you because he's yeah. we're going to watch my favorite movie. Yeah, I was going to say, he's probably just going to be excited that I'm I'm <laughs> watching one of his movies. I'm surprised at how popular that movie is because it it's football. I, 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 I'm not a football girl. So. Neither am I. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. I understand baseball, okay? okay. Baseball. I've been to a million Orioles games. I understand baseball, not lately, but like back during the Cal Ripken era, I went to a million baseball games. That there you go. Football sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> People have tried to explain it to me over and over again, and I just don't get it. So, okay. All right. So, you like baseball. Your favorite movie is Halloween. Mm-hmm. You were an extra in The Replacements. Triple X. What was the other one? Ladder 49. Ladder 49. Um, you're an author. You. I used to do a lot of theater. Oh, I'm telling that. you, I feel like you <laughs> are just a, like, it's one of those little, um, what are they called? The Russian dolls. You like open one layer <laughs> and then you open another layer. And I'm like, what? Else is you do? <laughs> no, no, a nesting doll, like a Russian nesting doll. Yes. 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 I'm like, you just kind of like, you keep opening it and there's just more. And it's like, but wait, there's more. I'm like, I love this. Oh my I love God, no, like more. scream, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Yay. Yes. But I, I'm like, I'm really loving like how much you've experienced and all the cool things that you've done. Um, So, Talk to us about more spooky stuff. Tell us some of, um, I don't know, like, do you, hmm, let's think of some good questions. Oh, I have one. Okay. Okay. Talking back to books, like, what do you read? Who are your favorite authors? You like okay. reading spooky stuff? Because That's I'm a, a good spy. question, Rachel. That's all I read pretty much is spooky I read spooky stuff. stuff. I, I am a Stephen King junkie. I am. Um. My I read uh, Carrie when I think I was like 12 and my mother had all his books. So I read all of those. Um, I pretty much read everything he's written except for uh, the Dark Tower series. That's not my thing. So I didn't read those. I'm very excited because he has a new book of short stories coming out next May. I'm totally psyched. Did but, you read Holly? Yeah. Yeah. I have Did you read. like it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool um let's see who else do i read i read a lot of dean Koontz in the past but he's not as popular as he used to be um i also read a lot of very disturbing horror books that i would never be able to uh use in my book club um did you ever read playground uh no should i I want to read that one so bad i heard it's so disturbing people like stop reading it because it's so gruesome have you read tender is the flesh no, but I've heard of it. Oh my gosh. Read Tender is the Flesh. And um, if you're really brave, 
uh, Dead Inside by Chandler Morrison. I, the whole time I was reading it, I'm like, I should not be enjoying this. This is absolutely <laughs> terrible. This Am I is, a serial killer? <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's can, there's necrophilia, there's cannibalism, there's both of them together. It's a whole thing. It's really just awful. It's just Juicy. so bad. <laughs> what else do I like? I could dig it. I could dig it. I mean, I like classic, um, you know, The Haunting of Hill House is one of my favorites. Love that. Um, not necessarily the TV show, the actual book. Uh, okay, Edgar so question, Poe. what do you think is better? See, don't. <laughs> I always like to know, because some people do like the movie over the book. I've always been a, I have to read the book before I see any kind of film production and kind of. Okay, when it comes to The Haunting of Hill House, this is tricky because there have been that I know of two other adaptations of the haunting of Hill house, like the one back in the sixties and then the one um, like Famke Jensen. And uh, I forget when it was, but it was like 15 or 20 years ago. Um, Those two, I do not like as much as I enjoy the book. Okay. However, the mini series, I may actually like better than the book. Oh, yes. I, I know it's a sacrilege to say, oh, my God. But no, but I, sometimes it does. It happens. I just love that series so much. And there are very, very few things that I like the movie or whatever more than the book. But that might be one of them. Maybe that director did a really good job. Mike Flanagan it. is a genius. He's amazing. Genius. Well, you did you see his other ones too, like Midnight Mass and The Haunting yes. of Blind Manor? Well, oh. you know, it's funny. We haven't watched The Haunting of Blind Manor yet because everybody says that it's not as good. So I was going to say it's not as good as The Hill House. I couldn't get into so it. But um, yeah, we tried like one episode uh, like a year or so ago and it just, we never went back to it. Um, we did watch Midnight Mass recently. Love that, the ending blew my mind. Yes, that was so awesome. And I love... Um, Hush, have you seen Hush? Yes, yes. I preach to everyone about this. We talked movie about that more than about a recommendation. You, you got to hear Rachel's story though, because Rachel had me in tears. Go ahead, Rachel. You got to tell Kelly what happened to you. This is so, no, this is so embarrassing. So we sit mm-hmm. down to watch it, and we're we're watching it, and we're like, we didn't hear anything, and so we're checking the TV, we're checking the volume, we're checking everything. We're like, what's what's happening? So we shut it off next day try it again and so we're just like what the heck so we were like let's watch it a little further and then she starts like signing or something and we just sat there and we were like <laughs> she's deaf there's nothing to hear yeah. But- yeah. <laughs> it's so it, that movie is so immersive and it's so scary i am not much scares me when it comes to a movie i'm jaded at at my late age it takes so much to actually frighten me, but stuff like that, like Hush or The Strangers. Do you remember Here's, The Strangers? Yeah, that's well, Rachel's that like terrifying me. I almost jumped out of my seat in that movie because that's so realistic. And if it's realistic, it terrifies me. You know, my favorite found footage movie. While I want to say The Blair Witch Project, I actually think it's Creep. Did anybody see Creep? Oh, my brother and I watched the first and second one. That was, it was whack. I, I've never seen that. I it's recommend whack. that movie to everybody. Mark Duplass is just brilliant. I can't see him in anything else because I think he's about to kill me. 
Oh my God. He's insane in that. It was so good. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because we just did like true crime based on movies. And that was like based off the Manson family murders, right? Strangers. The Strangers. Um, yeah, we did the, that's, yeah, The Strangers is based off of um, the Manson murders. There's, I mean, there's a ton of movies that have been based off of that, but yeah. Yeah, that one's the one that gets me. Have you guys ever seen um, The Midnight Club? Yes. I didn't watch that one. I will say I really that's one show that I actually binge watched and I was so upset that they canceled it because it like I felt like it was kind of like a it was a constant bait and switch so you're always on the edge of your seat you're thinking it's going in one direction and then there's like a plot twist and mm. then it's like you keep then you start going in another direction and there's another plot twist and you're like I have no idea where this is going is it like a cult is it a murderer is it a ghost is it you know and so it's really crazy um i'm hoping that maybe they'll undo the cancel um mm. but if you ever get the chance kelly it's 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 good it's just it's just a creepy it's got kind of got like a goosebump goosebumpy feel to it um but it also has like a dark like culty masonic kind of feel to it that's exactly how i felt about I don't know if you guys saw the Netflix series Archive 81. They had one season of it. One season. It was very culty. It was like, it had like some horror to it. And like, you thought it was like paranormal stuff, but it was also cult stuff. And they canceled it after the first season. So, and they leave you on a cliffhanger too. So like, it they're not bringing you back and it it breaks my heart. Because it's like Midnight Club where it's, it's like so good. And when I watched it, I actually like, was unsettled at some parts but they're not bringing it back did you see them that there was like one season of it it was um oh yes is that where the family moves in it's sort of like a lovecraftian sort of like horror series it was so good and it was on for one season and then they canceled it and it was terrible is that when they oh what was that um is that where they like moved into that new neighborhood and like the neighbors were i don't know if they were like racist or like what was going on oh i never got to watch that one that i that freaked me out i did watch that i i I, I was talking about them but then i was also talking about lovecraft country that was what i was originally referring to oh okay a while ago love those yeah there's i mean i will say they um there's been some decent for a while there. I kind of felt like, and let me know what your thoughts were on, on this Kelly, but I felt like we had kind of lost that, um, that certain, just something that makes horror movies just original and good. And I felt like we were seeing a lot of just remakes and poorly done remakes at that. And I was like, come on, like you guys got to give us something, some pizzazz like something new something scary like you know and so it was nice to see how netflix actually really stepped up their game with some of the creepy shows and it was like surprising that out of all these like multi-billion dollar like hollywood production companies like blumhouse and i'm like and you have netflix originals that are just kicking ass um you know like how did like how did you feel in that kind of era about some of the horror movies that were coming out? Like, did you feel they were kind of mediocre? 
They were. Um, I think the last few years have have been a little bit better. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been some stuff that I've really liked recently. I like. Did anybody care about Nope? Jordan Peele that is was a good one. I don't think I Jordan saw that. Peele is a genius. Just, just. But um, I uh, I loved Get Out. I thought that really kind of mm-hmm. marked a change in things. Things got a lot better. Although I do. Uh, Miss him on Key and Peel. I kind of, you know, love them. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want him to put on a dress again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I love him as a comedian and an actor. But um, you know, get out and us and nope. It's funny. When I first watched Nope, when we figured out what it was and what was going on, we're like, okay. Some of those scenes were disturbing. That's pretty good. But then uh <laughs> like the next week we go, let's watch it again. <laughs> And we're like, yeah, actually, this is good. And then a couple weeks later, let's watch it again. That so was my dad. I'm like, you know what? I actually really like this. <laughs> it sort of like grew on us. And then we decided, oh, yeah, I actually love this. This is awesome. So there you go. What do you think of trick or treat? We're a very trick or treat. We're a pro trick or treat household. Okay. It's one of Jason's favorite movies. So I usually get him a lot of memorabilia as gifts. Like, here you go, honey. Um, I actually didn't even discover it until a few years ago. I don't know where I've been, what rock I was living That was the same with me. I I only discovered it like maybe four years ago, three or four years ago. And I wish that I had seen it like so long ago because I don't know where I was. Well, it's better late than never, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do any of you guys uh, transition into Christmas horror movies at this time of year? Because that's what I like. Black Christmas. I just watched way. Black Christmas yesterday because <laughs> um, I I have this rule that in August and sep- no, in September and October, I watch nothing but horror movies, like straight up, no other TV shows, no other anything else, just straight up horror movies for two months and horror books for two months, nothing else. And then once Halloween gets over, then I give myself a little break so I can throw in a couple like normal movies if there's something I've been waiting to see. And then I transition into Christmas horror to get me through to the end of the year. Well, then this is a perfect time to ask you, what do you think about Eli Roth's new movie, Thanksgiving, coming out? What are your expectations? I am ready to see it. Um, I, like, I loved Cabin Fever. Like, the original Cabin Fever is one of my favorite movies. I loved it. He's done some things that, like, didn't exactly thrill me but then there's also some stuff that was really good so I'm going to be very open-minded because I also am a fan of really bad horror you like know, Castle like, Freak oh I love that like really cheesy really fake really awful you know I want to see all of it yeah so it could be anywhere on that spectrum from terrible to wonderful and I'll still like it yeah, yeah. so um for black christmas do you like the original or the newer one i like the original because it's margot kidder it's olivia hussey who's like the most beautiful woman that ever lived in the world and there is absolutely nothing like her sweater with the big hands on her boobs it's the best thing ever (laughs) and it's just so creepy and it's so atmospheric and i don't think that the remakes got that i i know they tried to like give it so much more backstory and do all this other stuff with it when really it's just the guy is in the house and you know what i mean it's just the whole he's just lurking is kind of atmosphere 
Yeah. I, I just don't think that they captured that. And the idea that the director did that and also a Christmas story still blows my mind. I I couldn't believe that. Um, that's definitely a fun fact. Um, and one of my like my favorite parts, and I can't remember if it was in the original. I think it was just in the remake, but the remake, um, because I'd seen it more recently, um, the cookie cutter scene with yeah, that was so grotesque yeah. and haunted me when I watched it. Um, but has like slowly but surely in my little like serial killer mind is just like like I love like I loved it. Like slowly the but surely like grew you know? on me and I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm the like, this is so scary, but I love it. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen audition? No. First oh man, off, I'm writing this down read, too. Read the, book. <laughs> read the book Audition. Okay. So good. And then watch the movie. It you have to, it's it's an Asian film, so you're gonna have to read the subtitles. Oh but man, it, those, those are, are scary. Ones, those foreign ones are amazing. It's not so much that it's scary, it's just horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying. It is about um an an older man who's widowed. And his son is like, dad, you need to get out back out there and find a wife. You know, you're not happy. So he goes to his friend who's in the movie business. And he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hold an audition. We're going to have all these women come in with their resumes, talking all about their skills and who they are. And it's not a real movie. It's all going to be fake. But you can choose which women, you know, you'd like to contact. And so that's what they do. And he picks this sweet, demure kind soft-spoken woman and they start a relationship and everything goes great until it doesn't she is not what she appears to be and it's so she does things to him oh my god i i need to get my hands on that it's so good Mm. my sick little mind i'm like i I cannot wait (laughs) i cannot wait to read the candy store but Mm -hmm. i will say um any art the clown fans here Oh my gosh. Again, my sick little brain. I'm like, it is so tastefully just morbidly disgusting. I don't even know how to use those two words in the same sentence, but like it is so good. And now they're coming out with the Art the Clown Christmas. Unfortunately, we have to wait until next year, which is kind of a bummer. We got so excited. We thought, oh, Christmas. Yes. Christmas 2024. (laughs) What the hell? So. Yeah, they. I was like Damien Leone. I was like, we need to have a word, my friend, because I was super pumped. Um, and my husband, who he loves horror movies, um, but nothing like scares him. When we watched the first Terrifier, he had nightmares. Like I, I slept like a little baby, and I, he was like waking me up in the middle of the night. He's like, that movie like really freaked me out. And I'm like, out of everything we watched, that that's what did it. I'm not that's the hugest fan of clowns, so. Ugh. It used to be much worse, but yeah. I'm not I'm not the biggest clown fan ever. You know what? So speaking of clowns, me and Rachel had discussed this. I think I don't maybe Taylor and I did too, but we talked about the year of the clowns. Did you have an experience? Do you remember that year where just people were like, did you have a personal experience? I feel like Thank everybody God, had no. Okay. All right, that's good. I would have I would have crapped my pants and died. I think. Yes. I no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Oh, 
that was that was a year and it's funny how it became kind of just like a fever dream like we just referenced for like hey remember that year of the clowns we don't talk about it so bad so bad (laughs) i remember when the it miniseries came on tv back in like was it 90 91 something like that the only reason and i love the book it okay i love it i've read it repeatedly you can use it as a doorstop it's huge but i was able to watch that movie only because the clown was Tim Curry, whom I loved. That was the only reason that I could sit through it because otherwise I would have flipped out completely. But, but he I was so creepy. Gotten <laughs> I've gotten better. He's so wonderful. He he is like, he, he is. And he played such a good it. But it, I, I don't know if it's like maybe just getting into adulthood, but re-watching the original it... And seeing him in that role, I'm like, Bill Skarsgård is scary in the new it, but in a different way. Like, whereas, like, Curry was just, there was just something so scary about him. It was so innocent, but so scary. Um, I think, like, with Bill, his clown looked scary just straight up all the time. So you immediately knew to be frightened of him. Yeah. Tim Curry, he just sort of looked like your average clown until his face changed or he spoke. But that is just the genius of the man. I I mean, if he's not going to be in fishnets and heels, then we should have him in a clown suit. (laughs) Yes. And might we say all hail Tim Curry's legs in Rocky Horror because (laughs) I've never seen a man pull off leather and fishnets and was it boots i'm pretty sure it was like boots wasn't it like stripper boots they were yeah they were and they were very were they like i thought they were like uh platform platform open toe sandals but we had the tights on i'm gonna have to go back and look and it's yeah i was trying to think we just went to see it we just went and saw rocky horror in ocean city and barry bostwick was there and I cannot remember what shoes. I've seen that movie a million times. I know. I can't think. Of, I don't know. what. Maybe it's just the way that the shoe was. I was like thinking it was. I just remember like you said it was a. It was like a stripper heel. It was like that platform. Maybe we're not paying attention to his feet because he's too awesome altogether. But <laughs> yes. yes, he does have lovely legs. Although Barry Boswick had lovely legs as well. I want to see. I, I didn't know that they had it in Ocean City. I want to see a. Like a good, it, it, uh... was, it was great. Barry Boswick came and spoke at the beginning and actually sang a song. Ooh. He sang uh, "Once in a While," which was the song that was in the Broadway show but cut out of the movie. Oh. And one of my favorite songs in the whole thing because I used to to listen to the uh, like Broadway, uh, not Broadway, the stage version album. And it had this beautiful lyrical song sung by Brad and it's just not in the movie at all. And he sang it on stage in front of me and I wet my pants. It was so amazing. I'm jealous. I'm living vicariously through you. It was so awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to open the floor since we're getting towards, uh, after nine now. So, all of our listeners, people watching right now, um, I have the live pulled up. If you, if we have any listener questions or anybody that is currently live viewing, um, shoot some of your questions into the live chat. We will read them with Kelly. Um, 
don't be too risque. Let's be respectable <laughs> human beings here, okay? Because I know how this this live chat gets a little crazy sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to leave it open for a little bit um, and see what kind of comes trickling in. Hopefully nothing too crazy. <laughs> um, Taylor, Rachel, did you guys have any questions for Kelly? I think we've like literally picked your brain on everything from potatoes yeah. to horror movies to birds birds in profanity yes <laughs> slut potato slut potato potato love it it's I'm no longer literally... hot potato it's slut Listen, potato after this podcast episode ends i'm going to walk straight into the bedroom where patrick is right now and i'm going to call him a slut potato there you go please get his uh please get his reaction <laughs> that her her comment is is spreading throughout the world (laughs) we love it we love it this is the little piece of yourself that you've given to the ghoul friend hour that will last forever and ever i'm gonna cherish it forever yeah (laughs) and poor patrick is there's a crime (laughs) and the bird is talking about like he stabbed her he stabbed her like i'm gonna look into it there's a there's a true crime and we have a video of the bird talking about it i was proud of that bird You've got to be careful what you say and do in front of a bird. They are a thousand times smarter than you think. I think I saw that. There's also that TikTok. TikTok. It might be. There's also that TikTok video of the guy, he's working on his car in the driveway. And all you hear is just this screaming. And then the cops show up and they're like, hey, like, and he just brings the bird out. The bird's like, hello. I swear birds are the funniest like there's um there's one of this uh I think it's a cockatoo and the owner like his cage was old or something so he was like I'm gonna trash this in front of the bird have you seen that one he just crushes the cage like with his foot and he's like get ready to like fold it up and the the bird loses his mind and he's like what the f and he's just like freaking out yeah, he rescued that bird from a situation where it was locked in the cage for years and years and years. And he adopted it and gave it a better life and all that kind of stuff. And then he was able to get his hands on the cage that the bird had been living in. So he brought it in and filmed them, filmed himself destroying it. And the bird, of course, got so excited and started screaming the things that he had heard in the home previously. All I didn't the know terrible. That. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad, but like so. Oh my gosh! I'm yeah. like, but I mean, I'm gr- I'm so happy that he was so excited that like he was liberated. Yeah, don't worry. My birds are in an enormous cage. I can. How so? How does tell us a little it. bit about the bird babies? Like how did like well is breeding like is that like a full time thing? Like that's gotta no, be no no. Um, basically, what happened is I got. Uh, Rufus from the bird store that I worked in. I used to be a hand feeder, like feeding baby parrots and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And um, I bought him there. And I also bought a Quaker parrot, which is just like a fancy kind of parakeet. And they loved each other and they were kind of bonded. He, Rufus, was way more into her than she was into him. So they didn't really get together because they were different species. And, you know, she was like, dude, I like you, but no. And then like uh, my family passed, wouldn't approve. Yeah, she <laughs> passed away. She got egg bound. Um, oh. I didn't know it was a female. So that was a big surprise for me. Like, oh, it's a girl. All right. 
So he was despondent. He was started plucking his feathers out. He was not happy with just me. He needed another bird. And I had been giving advice to this woman in Michigan who had uh, adopted this bird from the pet store and wasn't really a bird person. You know, she did, had a dog rescue and she was doing all this kind of stuff. And I'd been helping her out with like what foods to buy and what to make and what to do. And she had seen the posts and knew about Roger. And for some reason, all my girl birds end up with boys' names. I don't know why. Um, and so she wrote me and she said, would you like to have my parrot? I don't have time for him anymore. And I would love, I would love it, you know, if you wanted him for a companion for Rufus. And I said, great. Are you sure it's a boy? And she said, oh, absolutely. They told me in the pet store it was a boy. She's like, but I'll go get it tested. Because, you know, you have to, it takes a blood test to find out the sex of a bird. Okay. And the test had not come back by the time that she was going to travel all the way from Michigan. She drove her bird all the way here to Delaware to give it to me. And wow. I know it was, I was so lucky. And I brought that bird in the house and Rufus took one look at her and he was like, Oh, <laughs> and he, you know, was very, very excited. He was so thrilled that I got him a companion, you know, like he wasn't standoffish. He wanted to be friends. They were quarantined from each other for about three weeks. And then I let them meet. And after a few days, they were living together. And that's a um, quick relationship. I know. But a couple of days after they got back from bringing him, the woman sends me a message and she's like, I got the results back. And I said, yeah. She's like, you're not going to believe it. I said, it's a girl, isn't it? She said, yeah. I said, yeah, I could have told you that within a couple of hours because he was <laughs> so into twist. her. So <laughs> her name is still Finian. I call her Finn. But um, I told them, I said, you guys, I will get you a nesting box. Because, you know, birds can't be fixed. You can't stop them from having hormones. You can't suppress their urges like you can with a cat or a dog. It's it, it's it would be a really invasive surgery and birds don't do well with anesthesia ever. So it's best to not ever do that. And um, birds when they're horny and hormonal are just awful. So I told them, I'm like, okay, you guys can have all the babies you want, but just know that I'm going to sell them. <laughs> so, so the type of birds that they are is, is hard to find. So I have like a whole list of people waiting for them to have babies. So it's not like oh, I have no. to try to find homes for them. I've got the homes already. So I told them, have all the babies you want. They've had 26 so far. Crazy. Wow, they are in love. They love each other. They can't be out of each other's sight at all. But I love mm. that, though. They're like a little They're married so couple. Happy. They're <laughs> so happy together. It's the sweetest thing. You're literally teaching me so much about birds. I had, <laughs> listen, I'm the kind of idiot that like, I would just pick a bird up and be like, I think it's a girl. Like I would just like <laughs> flip it over them. and be like, well, I don't see like a little wiener or anything. So I think it's a. Well, most birds don't have a wiener. They're, yeah. they're ducks do. And it's shaped like a corkscrew. What? But, uh, yes, they do. Look up duck yeah. people. I'm doing Are it right you now. A biologist? I feel like I'm learning a lot of it almost feels I feel like this is knowledge that I shouldn't be privy to. And there's one kind of parrot that has a penis, and that is called a Vasa parrot. It has a penis, but usually they just have holes and they just, you know. They just line up their holes. Ew, that's that's different. I that's don't, di I don't, oh, I, Taylor, I did you Google it? it? 
Did you Google it? It's like this long. You the it's duck like, one? Yeah. Wait, no, no, I can't show it. It's wow. Like we uh, so when I okay, so I prematurely said what I said before when I said Ugh. we've covered everything. We have now learned that ducks have a corkscrew genitalia and that birds mate through holes. Oh my gosh, I cannot see that. This is fantastic. You see like a little thing? No, it's like this big. Now, sometimes birds will stand on top of the back of the other bird and kind of swing their butt around. Or like mine, they stand next to each other and they kind of. (laughs) It reminds me of like cone heads. Like, you know, they just kind of like put the. put the the headbands on each other and like that's how they would mate like that's what i'm like picturing right now with birds they just kind of like stand close enough and then they just have babies this is some serious ghoul for an hour talk this is girl talk bird girl talk eh? mm-hmm. i am very i'm actually here for it because i knew none of this and i had a totally different I, I don't honestly i don't know that i've ever thought about it to be honest so i think i just kind of <laughs> thought that they just mated like everything else meets you know how um have you seen that like uh posts on facebook that say what could you give a 45 minute talk about with no preparation whatsoever and i'm like birds bird sex (laughs) i could talk about birds and bird reproduction love it but honestly seriously though you've taught you taught me a lot like i had no no clue had no idea and this is like really like I said I almost feel guilty like I should not be privy to this knowledge because like never would have thought and I'm sure um Taylor I, I hope we've learned a valuable lesson about not googling things right away yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what though I have a great piece of information now and also a great mental image, image. you'll never look at a, a wine I'm not, I'm not wine gonna be able to corkscrew ever again <laughs> if I, I'm gonna start like driving around and I'm gonna see a duck on the street and I'm gonna be like I know what your I know what you got. I can't know. (laughs) I know what's under those feathers, my friend. You know what? I've been enlightened. It's okay. Well, I mean, I think I think that's the perfect note to kind of wrap up our podcast on. (laughs) Um, Thank you all so much for joining us today and learning (laughs) about um, potatoes, uh, duck wieners, and. And fabulous, Kelly. I'm gonna mess up this last name again. I'm let you say Just it. Leave the D out. Leji. I'm so addicted to saying Leji. Like it's it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue, and I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> but thank you. Literally, I had so much fun with you, Kelly. We great. had so much fun with you. And you know, if you ever want to come back on when you write the Pukwaji book, and you want to talk about that, <laughs> absolutely. You, you just you just say the word um but me and rachel when we do our little like delaware haunted ghost tour we're definitely going to come scoop you up and you can come have fun with us Absolutely. so that sounds now wonderful. you can cross that off the bucket list now you can't say oh i've never done that we're going to be like well we're picking you up kelly you're coming with us get in loser <laughs> yes so we have a little saying every time we wrap up the podcast we say until next time let's get weird um so we have our guests join in with us so i'm gonna give us a good old count to three um and we're gonna say let's get weird all right so we're gonna do one a two a three let's, let's get, get weird, weird.
We love never it. Get it right. Thanks, everybody. Um, and if anybody has any questions after the fact for Kelly um, or want to submit anything to the podcast, again, our email is theghoulfriendhourpod at gmail.com. Or you can submit um, some questions and things like that under the video on our Facebook. But thank you again for joining us, and we will see you, you soon. Right. Bye. Thank you so much.